may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. got a lot of stuff to get to here. A lot of stuff. Would the slashing of concession prices be enough to get you in the door for Steelers games, or do they have to do more in terms of the pricing, in terms of the parking? Other than New England, teams usually win with the best talent. One of the reasons why I don't want to see Le'Veon Bell go, the Pirates are on a three-game winning streak, but let's face it, they suck. But before we get to any of that, and before we get to Ray Fittipaldo at 6.20, these guys are alleging that I farted on the air, I don't know, what, about an hour ago? About an hour ago, About yeah. an hour ago? You use the word allegedly pretty uh, liberally there. Yeah, we okay. know you farted. Okay. I mean, allegedly. Okay. We've got proof. Okay, I know I ripped one, but I don't think that it needed to be said because I just don't think it's... Obvious. I don't think anybody who was listening to the show could have heard that. Not only was it obvious in your cadence, but as you will soon hear, it was obvious to, well, everybody's ears. Is there something we should do here? Is there some sort of punishment? Like, I'm a human being, okay, damn it? You don't think Madden farts are in his show? Yeah, but I don't think he does it with a big smile on his face. Like, hey, look at this, guys. Did I smile? Yeah, you did. Hey, you got this little, little poop-eating grin on your face. You're like, <laughs> Right in the middle of your take. Look here. I mean, you work with people. You can't be dead. This is an office situation. Look, what we do is a little different than most offices, but it doesn't mean you can just go dropping them like whenever you want. In That's defense- an HR violation in most places. <laughs> in defense of my smile. I mean, are farts ever not funny? No, they're not, but that was like a smile of pride. I mean, I was kind of proud. <laughs> like, look what I did. I mean, I thought I, I thought I kept it under the radar. That's why I was smiling. I thought I was going to sneak up on you and slide up your nostrils. That was not under the radar, not off the sonar. I picked up audibly and visually. All right. Well, Tom's done the homework. Tom's done his job. Tom, did I fart? Let's hear it. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he Wait. averaged... Less than six <laughs> innings. Oh, no. You farted twice? There were two oh, in there. no. You had, like, a, he let a little one out of the gate first. Oh, no. And then you, like, just opened the floodgates wide. You're like, all right, that felt good. I probably <laughs> smiled with the little one and then the big one. Just, when, the more fiery hot takes that I have, the more it's just coming out. <laughs> let me hear that again, Tom. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged less than six innings. <laughs> that second one, that first one is totally like a precursor fight, where it's just trying to put its toe in the water. It's and then like, the second one, and finally, it's all like the out. aftershock, but beforehand. It's like a little announcement, like, "Hey guys, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm here." It was the lead blocker. It was the fullback coming through the hole. Oh, no, it certainly was. Oh no. My bad. Uh, oh. Uh, I just stuck another one out. Now you got the smile on your face again. I don't think that one was audible, though. No, of course not. Not like the last one. One more time, Tom. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. 
but he averaged less than six innings. I farted more in one segment than the Pirates will have wins the rest of the week, I bet. Oh, no. We got Dave in Wheeling who wants to talk to us a little bit about Mr. Richard, who's a character that kind of fell off of late as a caller to the show. I don't know what's going on with him. Dave's got the scoop. Hello, Dave in Wheeling. Hey there, Adam. I found Richard, and he's not doing very well. You found him? I found him, yeah. He's crumpled up into a ball. He what? said he. the only thing that will make him feel better is if uh, Stat Pat and uh, Harry come on and talk to him. You got him right there right now? Well, I, he, I just went to his house and I found him and that's what he told me. Well, I just really hope that oh, our buddy Mr. Richard's no. going to be okay. We just need to take care of him, you know? Hey, Mr. Richard, <laughs> there's so many things to live for in this beautiful his, life. His, his, like his some hot dogs or some, some big chili cheese fries or, or maybe a nice piping hot batch of nachos. So pick yourself off the floor, Mr. Richard, and, and get on out there and live the best life you can. Hey, Pirates beat up on the Nats last night, 6-3. to three. Biggest week of the year, according to their skipper. Let's see if they can keep that momentum rolling. Back to you, Adam. Adam Crowley Show, saving lives. <laughs> I, I didn't do anything. That was Stat Pat and mostly Harry Carey. Also, did I really fart earlier? Are you sure about that? I don't know. Yeah, and it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged <laughs> less than six innings. The first one's funnier. Dude, it is. It's like you try and hear you clenching. Like, then you just decide, like, all right, you know what? That was good for me. I think I'm going to go the next step. It's like you put the brakes on the first <laughs> yeah, one. He yeah. was like, oh. You know what? I'm not feeling brakes right now. I'm just going <laughs> to let it fly. Second one I went, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think the second one you have to clean up. Yeah, and it looked one, like uh, he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season, but he averaged less than six innings. And the thing is, I pause before I fart. Like, I, I can tell there's a rumbling in the bumbling. Like you held your breath for a second. There's a rumbling in the belly, and I was trying to, I was trying to position it. Like, what am I going to do with this one? All right, last time here, I want everyone to realize the nuances here of the Crowley fart machine. I pause... <laughs> then I talk, then I fart, then I say, ah, oh, damn, I'm letting the whole thing go. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season, but he averaged less than six innings. <laughs> you can hear me smiling, too. You do. Like, the second one kind of came out of nowhere on you. All right, do it one more time. <laughs> oh, no. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged less than six innings. I'm absolutely eight years old. Like, for real. Like, I just can't. Like, Should I put up a poll? Are farts ever not funny? I mean, who's going to say, yeah, no, farts aren't funny? Who's going to say it? Put it up, but who's going to say it? If I'm in the bathroom, the bathroom, where these things are supposed <laughs> yeah, to happen. It's like a controlled environment. I laugh at myself. <laughs> And I laugh when other people do it. I got the giggles every time at the urinal when I hear somebody putting work in. <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Every single time you get that, like, cavernous-sounding <laughs> yeah. fart because yeah. it's going into the toilet bowl. Yep, you can't empathy. help it. Yeah. 
You got a little amphitheater down there. And I giggle every time. And then it's like this it's like this battle to not let let them hear me giggling. You know what I mean? But I'm like <laughs> Oh, the worst is whenever you're you're taking a or urination station break, and you you force out the pee, and then you get a little. Yeah, you get a little extra somebody yeah. in the urinal. Now. Yeah, I think yeah. I think all those parts are connected. Is that like protocol? You're like you're supposed to say excuse me at that point, or is like I think if you can see the person, you have to apologize. <laughs> you do. Yes. Even if you don't know. If someone's in the stall, that is the fart zone. Yeah. You can do whatever you want in there. Well. You can do whatever you want in regards to a number two in there. But the second you're outside that stall, that's when I think you got to look that guy in the eye and be like, hey, man, Sorry. excuse me. Hey, just a little excuse me, right? Yeah, that's that's like shared territory there. That's international airspace. You got to respect, yes. respect all other traffic. Yes. If you, there's got to be a line. See, I'm watching The Wire right now, right? One of the only things I'm talking about off the air, so I apologize to these guys who have already heard this. But you've got the gangs in Baltimore, and they talk to one another, right? And they'll they'll call it the game, you know, the murdering, the drug selling. It's just the game. And the line was when they accidentally shot a working man who's walking on the street. Both gangs came together, and they felt terrible about it because this is a regular working stiff who's going to his nine to five job. He's not part of the game. That's the line. When you're in the bathroom and you pinch off a loaf and it makes all kind of noises and there's air emanating from the bottom of the toilet so loudly that it makes Tom laugh, that's okay. I don't care if it sounds like you're peeing out your behind. I don't care what happens in the stall. But the second you leave that stall, if you crack one off, that is against the rules, my friends. It's against the rules if you don't apologize or you do not state claim to said fart. Now, you can always snap one off quietly because it's the bathroom and it's supposed to smell like that. But you can't be walking around the bathroom like that, strutting your stuff, ripping them out loud, and not apologizing. That is our rule we've made on the show today. Yeah, and if I could add just a little bit to that rule, let's extend that to the studio for future purposes. Oh, damn Ditto. <laughs> well, when have I ever done that in the studio? And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged less than six innings. It's never not funny. It sounds like the same fart, but louder. It sounds exactly the same, but louder. That's why I think you put the brakes on that it first one. It came from the second. same place. That's true. <laughs> it's going to be an audio signature. Yeah, too. but they don't all smell the same. I mean, everybody. I don't know if you're a baritone or, you know, or what you are, but everybody's kind of got like, you got vocal qualities down there. Oh boy, I've got. I do have one brood right now, like legit. I don't know. Should I fire yeah, it off? I can see by the big smile. Should we fire it off? Are you really going to do that? Well, let me give a take, and while I'm giving the take, I can rip it. Let's... <laughs> I think you just did. See if you can hear it. I don't think anybody heard that one, though. No? Very I can good. just tell based on your face. And Brian's face, who's in the studio with me. And in a second, I imagine he's going to stop breathing out of his nose. The smile you get on your face is just one of utter satisfaction and just, like, pride. I, I can't say it any other way. You're like, look at me, I'm farting. Man, I really Woo-hoo! wanted to talk about cutting stadium prices in this segment. Yeah, instead, I'm just talking about flatulence cutting farts <laughs> look i'm a human being yeah i know most people can't hold it during during work right? we're men yeah we are we are in a studio <laughs> <laughs> i can do whatever i want you can't stop me i'm a monster 
I bet you that burp sounded real good in AM radio. I'm not helping because I just keep laughing. You just keep These giggling. Bodily noises are funny to me. They are. This might be lowest common denominator stuff right here, but I don't care. No, I'm going blue. I always say this. I say the people who are willing to listen to the show are people who have very similar sensibilities. Uh, you think the way I think, that's why you're going to listen to the show. If you don't like the way we operate, if you don't like the silliness mixed in with your hot, hot sports takes, then you're not going to listen. If you like fart jokes and farts themselves, thrown between a couple of sports takes, who are the guys for you? This is your place. This is it. <laughs> this is what we do. As evidenced by earlier. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged less than six innings. Coming up next, Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette to talk about Le'Veon Bell. Where's this saga go? How important is he to the Penguins' success? Not at all, actually. The Steelers, though, they need him. Like your bounce back time from one to the other? Like, that's kind of impressive, honestly. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The iHeartRadio app. We're men. Yeah, we are. We are. In a studio. <laughs> uh, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> King of my castle. Master of this domain. Hey, look, if you want to fart, fart. We're men. It's our domain. We fart up in here. I feel like that empowered you now. Like, you're going to go over the top. No. <laughs> I used to say... Before we had a cough button, now I'm coughing. If I got a cough, I'm going to cough. I'm a human being. You all cough at work. I'll cough at work, too. I don't care if you're driving little Sally and Jimmy to school or, I guess, home from school. Home from school. Yeah. Maybe night school. Whatever. I don't care. I'm coughing. Their little ears can take it. But now we've got a cough button, so I try to spare you as much as possible. There is no fart button, though. That's supposed to be discreet. That's just going to come out. I, you can't cough and talk at the same time. That's obvious. However, I had thought until today that I could fart and talk at the same time. You clearly cannot. Oh, yeah. and it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season, but he averaged less than six <laughs> innings. Like I hear you thinking about it. You're like, oh, I just let one out. I'm going to try to keep talking. Oh, big one. This is... <laughs> So sports radio, but also so not sports radio. Like, you know how gross everyone that you listen to on sports radio is? Yeah, they won't let you know, though. They won't let you know. No. I mean, they're all a bunch of dirtbags drinking beer and farting and talking about women and being gross. We just do it on the air. (laughs) Transparency, as we say, snowflakes, is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Let's talk some ball, though. Football. Moving on from the farts. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette joins us now to talk about Le'Veon Bell. Ray, how are you today? What's up, Adam? How are you? I'm great, man. Only 16 days till training camp, huh? Uh, Don't ruin the rest of my summer, Adam. I got got a few days left of freedom. Ah, man. Summer's already over, dude. It, it (laughs) It just is. Once I got back from vacation and thought about training camp, it's like the last couple weeks before heading back to school. Except at least in college, you're getting hammered. Well, okay, never mind. I guess it's kind of the same. Uh, Ray, what percentage do you give it that the Steelers get something done with Le'Veon Bell? Uh, not a high percentage, Adam. Very you know, good. It's, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at it, uh, I think the Steelers are going to have what they feel 
uh, is a fair offer on the table that uh, Le'Veon Bell has been pretty vocal about resetting the money uh, running back market and you know being uh, the the highest paid back by by a very wide margin. So if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say fifteen or twenty percent, maybe. Um, but I, I think the 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 likelihood um, is he's going to play 2018 on the tag, and I think. Um, if that happens, he'll be playing elsewhere in 2019. For me, if he would accept what the Steelers gave or were willing to give him, I'd be down for that, and I think Steelers Nation would ultimately accept that. At the time being, I'm hearing a lot from Steelers fans that they don't want to deal with this guy or his trouble anymore past this year. What are you hearing on that front? I don't think the, the Steelers are listening to their fans in this regard. And no. I think... Uh, you know, the, the Antonio Brown contract is probably the best example of that. I think there were a lot of fans who were um, upset with the Facebook Live thing. They were upset with his um, his touchdown celebrations and a lot of other things. And um, when the Steelers signed him to a contract that averages $17 million a year, um, Art Rooney was asked about that, and he turned all that stuff little nuisances. Um, so I, I think they, quite honestly, they probably feel the same way about Le'Veon Bell. Um, uh, you know, Le'Veon has, um, he's been in the news for some other things, um, but he really hasn't been in the news lately for, for some of the drug stuff that plagued him early in his career. And a lot of the stuff recently has been, um, you know, smaller in scale. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that question for sure because the Steelers front office hasn't shared that with me. But, you know, judging on the way they've handled Antonio Brown, I, I, I would have to guess that uh, that's the same way they're approaching this Le'Veon Bell situation um, as well. Ray, if you're looking at the Steelers and kind of tearing the importance of the Ben Roethlisberger's, Antonio Browns, and Le'Veon Bells of the world, uh, how do you view Le'Veon in, in terms of that and what they do? I think Le'Veon Bell is a really important part of what they've done since 2013. Um, you know, and really starting in 2014 when he had his first All Pro year. Um, I, I know people are going to come back and say they had success without him um, in the playoffs, but I don't know that um, that it's going to be easy to find a replacement for him um, if and when he does um, become a next dealer. I, I think he has a very unique skill set. Um, I, I know he doesn't break a lot of long runs. He's not that that game breaker in, in that sense, but um, he, he he gets first downs for you. Um, he's very productive in the red zone, and um, in addition to that, he's a really really good receiver out of the backfield too. And as you know, Adam, they they even line him up in the slot and out wide. They do a lot of different things with him in the passing game. So when the time comes, he's going to be really difficult to replace. That's why I think. Steeler fans better enjoy it this year, and I think if you're Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and anyone else associated with that offense, I think you've got to have it in your mind to try to win that Super Bowl next year because I don't know what's, you know, what, what's going to be there at, at running back in 2019 if, if Le'Veon Bell is not there. Ray Fittipaldo of the Post-Gazette joining us here on the Crowley Show. Yeah, I think that Steelers fans, at least the ones that I've been chirping back and forth with on Twitter, think that, It'll be easy. Oh, it's running back by committee. Look at what the Eagles did. Look at what the Patriots always do. I'd rather have the sure thing, and for me, Le'Veon Bell is as close to that as you get at the running back position. Sure, he'll have his lapses where he will get suspended. That's happened a couple of times. I think that's probably behind him. He's also 
been a guy who's been injury plagued, but last year was not one of those years. So uh, I think you know what he's going to give you, at least on the football field. You don't know what you're going to have after that. You just don't. No, I mean, you know, the examples you brought up, I mean, I don't think those other teams rely on rely on their running backs the way the Steelers have relied no. on Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you know, the New England Patriots, they, they run through a different running back almost every single year. I mean, they did it again this year when they, they didn't they didn't sign their top running back and they let him hit free agency and um, you know, now he's with the Titans. So, um, you know, I, I, I can see that side of the argument. And I, you know, I think what the Patriots have done over the years is great. What the Eagles did in 2018 is great, but I don't know how that applies to the Steelers because when you look at the Steelers and the way they've constructed that offense around Le'Veon Bell, really for the, for the better part of the past five or six years, um, that's going to be a huge hole to fill. Now I, you know, James Conner could do it, I suppose. Uh, Jalen Samuels could do it. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll use a high pick in next year's draft and um, try to figure out if, if one of those three can, can fill the void. But um, it's not going to be easy. That guy's a terrific football player. Um, he, he just might be too expensive for the Steelers. But, that, you know, that doesn't detract from what he's done on the field for them. You think he's going to get what he's asking for on the open market? Uh, I mean, $17 million a year stuff, I don't know, but I think there's probably going to be a team out there that's going to pay him more than the Steelers are willing to pay him. Um, you know, I don't know what that figure is right now, but, you know, I mean, you just go back to any March in in recent years, Adam, and you could see all the, the crazy amounts of money that NFL teams are throwing out there in, in these contracts. So, yeah, I do think there's going to be a team with a ton of salary cap space um, that's going to throw a really big offer at him. And I really think that's probably why Le'Veon has been willing to go year to year here in the last couple of years. I think he could see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, if he stays injury-free again, he's made himself $27 million in guaranteed money in the last two years, and then he's got a chance to, to strike it rich um, next March. Now, the only thing that can hinder that is if he has another major injury, and that would – just screw everything up for him. But if he stays injury-free, he's really taken advantage of the system to the best of his abilities and set himself up for a nice payday. Ray, I'm going to ask you a very broad question, then we'll narrow it down, but how good is Antonio Brown? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw uh, Jeremy's story today, and um, just, you know, I, I, I looked at the numbers previously as well because I was also looking at doing something on – Antonio at 30 and the way he stacks up with Jerry Rice is just, it's unbelievable when you, when you look at the numbers other than the touchdowns. And I think Jerry Rice right now has almost twice as many touchdowns. 95 to 59. Yeah. Yeah. But if if you look at every other statistic, Antonio Brown is better than him at this point in his career. And you know, the touchdowns are a huge deal. I mean, that's, that's why you get paid, but, um, I mean, Antonio Brown is just, he, he's a once-in-a-lifetime once type of player. That's why the Steelers are willing to, to go to the $17 million a year to, to retain him. And um, it's going to be interesting, Adam. Um, guys like Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice had the best year of his career when he was 33. If Antonio Brown, who is always in great shape, if he can stay in shape until he's 34, 35, I mean, he, he might be able to do it. He might put himself in that conversation with Billy Rice someday. The only thing you worry about is injuries. Uh, you know, Antonio's not big in stature. Um, 
And the reason he hasn't been injured a lot is he takes great, great, uh, great uh, care of himself during the off season. But if if a freak injury occurs, that could sort of, um, you know, that that could sort of ruin his hopes of someday competing with Rice. But I think right now, I think um, he's right there with him, and he's got a chance to to be in that conversation. You know, five, ten years down the line. You think he's the best player in the league, Ray? Yeah, I mean, he was number two on the NFL list, and people can make of that list what they want. I mean, it's hard to argue with Tom Brady when he's in the Super Bowl every single year and, you know, putting up the stats he does every single year. But um, uh, as far as players other than quarterbacks and other than Tom Brady, yeah, I, I do. I, I think he's the best player in the NFL, and I think the Steelers are, are you know, lucky to have him and certainly lucky to have him um, in his prime. Right, it's tough for you to answer because you're always getting paid to go to football games, but there was a nice piece in the Post-Gazette today uh, about the prices of concessions going down in a couple of different markets, Baltimore and Atlanta, and I wonder how that affects the way that people are going to attend games. I wonder if it really is that big of a problem that people aren't going to NFL games. The way I always say is if there ever really is a real problem, you can just lower the ticket prices, but... You think this makes a big difference? Uh, yeah, that was a very interesting article. Amari did a great job with that. You know, the thing that I thought of, and it wasn't mentioned in the article, but, you know, they've complained in recent years about, you know, the, the fans tailgating and not getting into the game on time. It would seem to me if you want to get the people into the gates earlier, you know, you entice them with cheaper food prices, and then you get them in there for the merchandise as well. Um, it seems like an option. I saw the Steelers didn't. Um, you know, call him back. They didn't want to participate in the story, but they're really worried about, um, you know, drunken fans or fans not getting into their seats on time. I think that's something that they, they could study. I just don't know if it's a big enough financial incentive for them to study it seriously. Obviously, it was for the Falcons. Um, you know, that's why they did it. I just don't know if the Steelers are in that same situation as they were down in Atlanta. Ray, I appreciate the time, man, as always, and I'll be seeing you coming up in about oh, 16 days. All right, Adam, look forward to it. I look forward to it, too. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, uh, really nice guy, really good stuff from him, as always, and you can check him out more at training camp, which this year, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that long of a training camp because of the way that the schedule comes out. The first preseason game is, I think, on a Wednesday. I might be wrong there. It's a Thursday, Thursday at least. Thursday. So it takes care of Wednesday and Friday. There's no practice either day. So Crowley gets to come home and get some love from my dog, Molly, whom I do love, who loves me. Coming up next, hottest take of the day. It's about Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. We've also got other crap and the three stars of the show. It's in Pittsburgh. He wouldn't shut up, so we gave him a talk show. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The team we're pulling for in the World Cup, Belgium, they lost to France. one nothing. <laughs> Croatia and England tomorrow at 2. Then France will play the winner of that, obviously, on Saturday at 11 o'clock in the morning. Now, that really 
puts my balls in the masher because I'll be driving to Southern West Virginia for a wedding, so I won't get to watch the final. It just hit me right now. Well, some good news for you. The final is not until Sunday at 11 p.m. or 11 a.m. So really, yeah, the third place game is on Saturday. Be driving home probably at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. I'll be hungover. I'll be even more in a bad place. If it was at two o'clock, I'd be fine. See, this is why you don't go to games because, <laughs> like, this whole this whole thought process takes over. Uh. Like, oh, I'll miss this. I'll have to go to that. You should have, you should take the same approach with uh, weddings. You'd be like, you know what? I'd rather watch it in the video. <laughs> I don't want to go. I'll just watch it in reruns. I love weddings, man. Well, you love drinking. You don't love weddings. I love weddings. You love weddings because they're an excuse to drink. And nobody can tell you not to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's free. Well, if, if the person is doing their wedding right, it's right. free. You don't want a cash bar. No. The ones we've been to lately, it's all been free. Okay. I get plastered. But it's really hard, I think, well, for me at least, to get so messed up at a wedding that I'm going to fall over or throw up because I'm dancing the whole time. And then you get a nice big meal they're going to feed you. In Pittsburgh, you get the cookie table. I don't know what they're going to do in southern West Virginia. It's probably going to be, oh, my God, probably going to be moonshine at every table. I might throw up. I don't drink liquor, though, or, or moonshine, unless it's moonshine. Then I don't drink it. You don't drink liquor unless you've had beer first and someone offers you liquor. At that wedding in Baltimore a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I was slamming beer, and the groom comes over and goes, I haven't been able to get away for enough drinks. You want to rip a shot? And I said, what do you got? He said, Jameson. So I took it. Yeah, you're just being polite. Yeah, yeah, but the groom asked. Yeah, got to do it. It's his special day. It was. Got to do whatever he wants. You How do? many more weddings do you have coming For up? For real, it seems like every other week you're going to a wedding. It's like well, Tom's dad's birthday. It happens every other <laughs> week. We just had the one in Baltimore. We're going to the one in southern West Virginia. And then we got my buddies at South Point, so that's not far. And then Denver in February for a wedding. You got destination places. Yeah. Delaware the next summer. Are you secretly hoping like these people don't make it that long? <laughs> like something. The relationships? Yeah, like so you can get out of the wedding. I like Denver. Dude, that's expensive stuff. Yes. You got to buy gifts. You, you got to travel, hotels. You do. You got to do all that stuff. You do. Yeah, it's hard. Wow. Good luck with that, Leanna. You know how many weddings I have this week or this this summer? Well, you don't have any friends. So. None. I think I got like three divorces coming up, but like no <laughs> weddings. None at all. Well, we're like, in the we're age of... We're shedding women at this point. Right, <laughs> right. We are in the age of weddings, and you're in the age of goodbye wedding. Yeah. And you know what's cool about my age? You don't have to pay for divorces. I don't divorces. have to buy gifts for a divorce. No. Yeah. Maybe a beer here and there, right? Yeah, not even that. Like, sorry, yeah. dude. That sucks. When you're feeling up to it, we can go out. <laughs> but we're going Dutch. I went Dutch oven on the studio earlier. Yes, you did. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season. But he averaged less than six innings. <laughs> it's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Sidney Crosby won the Stanley Cup in 2009. And it was assumed that he would win multiple championships. But by 2016, the Penguins had only disappointed following their initial Crosby-era championship. Bilesman was canned. 
Shero was canned. Crosby's leadership was questioned. Evgeny Malkin was the European-Russian guy who couldn't play defense. And the Penguins were being looked at like the 1990s Braves, a team that was destined to win more that just didn't. Crosby was looked at as an underachiever, a failure even. When the Penguins won the Cup for a second time, and then he was awarded the Smythe Trophy, it was vindication. Fast forward to now. Alex Ovechkin was looked at as an underachiever. He busted into the league after the lockout, and his team had not been out of the second round since. Until this year. The Capitals won the Cup, and all of a sudden, people are putting him in the top 15 players of all time conversation. With Sid, though, it took until the second championship before he was given the all-time great status. We do weird things like this all the time in sports media. We get hooked in with expectations, and we determine in our own head what the expectation level should be, and then if players don't achieve the expectations, we give the narrative one way or another. And also timeline dictates perception. That's dictates there. That's the word. Timeline dictates perception. Ovechkin failed for so long that he wasn't a failure after he won once. Crosby succeeded so quickly that he needed to do so again or else he was the failure. Peyton Manning got off the schneid after he won his first championship. Meanwhile, some in Pittsburgh think that Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers need to win another Super Bowl and that they've underachieved under Mike Tomlin. Don't believe me? We get calls all the time about Mike Tomlin not being a good enough coach. I don't like it. It's silliness by the sports media. And if rings are how we judge success, and it's not the only thing that matters to me, then the order shouldn't matter. Winning should be the only thing that's important over time, right? This is why I say we should evaluate players at the end of their careers. Peyton was the guy who couldn't win the big one, then he won two. So he's not that guy anymore. Elway was the guy who couldn't win the big one, and then he won two. Crosby was an underachiever, and, well, now he's won three. Who knows how many Ovechkin will win? A.B. and Le'Veon are criticized all the time because they've never won. Well, that they could win multiple championships before it's all said and done. Order shouldn't matter. What matters is tallying it all up at the end of a career or an era, if you're into championships. If Sid was a disappointment for only winning one, then Ovi should be too. Crosby shouldn't be a victim of his own success while Ovechkin gets rewarded for years of mediocrity. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. The Thai players coach is a better decision maker than Jurgen Klinsmann. Woo! Other crap. All right, we shouldn't laugh about that situation, though, and I feel like I should say all the players and the coaches were removed successfully. Thank you, Elon Musk. Woo! Other crap. The Yankees are in on Manny Machado. I don't think they can make it happen. They don't have enough DH first base prospects to send back in return. Woo! Other crap. LaShawn McCoy's caught up in some bad stuff. You know the old saying, good things happen to Buffalo Bills running back. Woo! Other crap. Belgium's toast. Ah, shoot. Something about a waffle. Woo! Other crap. Belgium's waffle. Woo! Other crap. If France meets England on Sunday now, right, at 11 a.m., I wonder if France will hire any Hessians to play midfield. Woo! Other crap. 
Only history will tell. Woo! Other crap. It's been zero days since any pit football players get in trouble for possible domestic violence. <laughs> Woo! Other crap. And it's been 545 days since pit basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Antonio Brown. Ray, I'm going to ask you a very broad question, then we'll narrow it down. But how good is Antonio Brown? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, the Crow Man's Crow Hole. And it looked like he was going to be that guy. He was one of the best pitchers in the NL at the early portion of the season, but he averaged less than six innings. Wait, how's that only a second star? Because tonight's first star is Jerry Jones's balls. Like, why do these Panthers have to have nads? Well, Jerry wanted his nads showing, but they they nixed that. They were like, sorry, we can't can't show your balls out here. You know, that would have been the least surprising thing is if Richardson would have had a Woody. I'm going to need some bigger balls than the Jaguars. Just wait till Jerry Jones makes his statue. It'll just be balls. It'll be nothing else. It'll be two 15-story balls right in front of Jerry World. We're back, by the way. Some big balls. We're back. We're back. We talked about balls. Woo, you farted in the I studio. farted on the air. Mr. Richard called in. Stat Pat was on the program. Harry Carey was on the program. Uh, yeah, Braden was in on Twitter. Uh, we're back. It's wow. ball season now, baby. Football season. People Here we like, go. People like us. They like me. Well, I mean. We I don't could, know about you. Well, you, uh, you know what? That's not fair. I don't know about Tom. Thank you. Yes. Here's this. I missed. <laughs> I missed this. That's big. You? That's a big deal. Thing you missed? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for what we missed. St. Louis Blues announced a one-year, one point seven five million dollar contract with Patrick Maroon. Maroon's a left wing. Penguins needed a left wing. That's not expensive. I thought he'd make double that. He's not going to. Penguins would, you'd think, have the ability to have brought him in on that contract. The problem is Patrick Maroon is from St. Louis. It's a little odd that a guy named Maroon wants to play for the Blues. Thought he might want to play for the Red Wings. Woo! Yeah! All right, Tom. Good job by you, pal. Oh, no. What do you mean? It's just only a matter of time. I mean, Before I get fired? No, no. Just before you made a Maroon joke. Oh, yeah. I'm such a Maroon. Who let the dogs out? Also, I missed this. Carmelo Anthony's meeting with a bunch of prospective teams. Uh, I'm going to break some news quickly here on the Crowley Show. Uh, he will sign with none of them because he's owed $28 million if he sticks around on the Thunder next year. And only he can breach that contract. So, it ain't going to happen. Tomorrow on the show, we'll talk to Tim Benz. More Le'Veon Bell. We're stringing this thing out for a week, bitches. Yeah. Tom and Tom are up next. Tom's producing... Tom, Tom, and Tom. Tom, Tom, and Tom Golf Show. I hope Tom gets paid. Tom Offerman. Shirtless Tom. See you tomorrow, 4 o'clock.